Bidzy Small Business Society number 145. Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. I'm Rob Barisoff. We talk to entrepreneurs and small business owners about what it takes to succeed as a small business owner. Connect with Bidzy Small Business Society at bidzy.com and grow your business. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers post projects for free in any of over 100 categories, including all types of home renovation, landscaping, cleaning services, photography, and many, many more. Now, if you're a business, Bidzy.com is a great way to find new customers because you are automatically notified each time a customer posts a project in your subscribed categories. So for example, let's say you own a roofing company and a customer posts a project in our roofing category. You are automatically notified via email or text and you can submit a bid at bidzy.com or use our internal chat system to introduce yourself to the customer and give them reasons why they should use you to complete their project. Monthly subscriptions start at $14.99. That's $14.99 per month for unlimited access to new customers and unlimited bidding at bidzy.com. Email rob at bidzy.com for more details or start your 30-day free trial now at bidzy.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bidzy Small Business Society. Today, I am talking to Drew Neiser. Drew is the founder of Renegade, which is the New York City-based social media and marketing agency that helps clients cut through all of the nonsense to achieve genuine business growth. He's been a featured expert on ABC and CNBC, and more of his insights can be found on several blogs, including socialmediaexplorer.com, where he is the publisher. And Drew's new book, The CMO's Periodic Table, focuses on the essential elements of high-performing, top-producing chief marketing officers. Welcome, Drew. Can you first tell us more about yourself than about what projects you're working on today? Sure. So, uh, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. I'm delighted to be here. Um, I think the first thing I need to tell you about is the fact that uh, I ride a bike in New York City. And if you've ever been in New York City and you've ever ridden a bike, uh, you know that those two things might not go together. But (laughs) I I find it exhilarating, uh, a little bit dangerous, uh, and it's really not for the faint of heart. And I have to say that sort of pretty much describes myself and my approach to to marketing is it's like just the adventure every day, right? <laughs> exactly, never a dull moment. And uh, you know, I it's funny because I've talked to so many New Yorkers who wouldn't ever ever get on a bike, and you know, you're probably not an entrepreneur either. I'm just guessing. <laughs> All right, so yeah, what uh, what can you tell us about some of the projects, whether it's business or personal, that you're working on today here, Drew? So, um, Renegade, first of all, uh, is an agency that helps uh, CMOs find innovative ways to cut through. And so, we have an incredible range of of clients from Dow to Whirlpool to the Empire State Building. Um, and, and in between, each one seems to have an interesting, unique uh, marketing challenge. And so, we find uh, some really clever, I would call them renegade ways to help these folks uh, either succeed on social media or, or via content, uh, uh, always making sure that they have a, a good strategy. 
Uh, the other thing that uh, is keeping me busy is Social Media Explorer, which is a, a site that Renegade recently acquired. It was founded by Jason Falls. It has a long history as being a provocateur in the industry. You could say that they're renegade thinkers. Uh, and so we're excited to bring some renegade perspective and really help both small, medium-sized businesses find a way to make this social media stuff work. And it's getting harder and harder every day. Yeah, it's getting more noisy and more cluttered, it feels like, as the minutes pass. And I just want to say that, yeah, we had Jason on the show recently. Just an absolute uh, delight. Just a southern gentleman, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, he's terrific. I love his energy. And the, before I, uh, uh, I signed the papers for Social Media Explorer, I wanted to talk to him because I really wanted to understand his original vision and make sure that as we were revitalizing it, we were true to the vision. And we just had a great conversation. I love his energy. Yep, great guy. So tell us, uh, you mentioned CMO, so Chief Marketing Officer. Why is this important uh, to any organization, big or small? Well, a chief marketing officer is really uh, the only difference between an entrepreneur and a chief marketing officer is that an entrepreneur doesn't have a budget. <laughs> but a, <laughs> a chief, right? I mean, but a chief marketing officer—they're responsible for moving the needle, spending money, figuring out what money to spend for marketing, whether they have fifty cents or fifty million, and they can't do it alone. They need to figure out whether it's product and sales and customer experience. They have all these external forces at work, just like every small business person does. And so the successful ones are really instructive. Uh, I've interviewed over 150 chief marketing officers, and I just... They're, they're, the challenge they have is very much like a small businessman. And think of it this way. Most small businesses fail in three years. Most CMOs don't last three years <laughs> in their position. <laughs> they're in pressure cookers. They have to solve these problems quickly. They need to have a clear strategy, um, a clear focus on how they're going to get there. Some very good metrics. Uh, I have a wonderful acronym for chief marketing officers that I could get into. But before that, I want to pause and let you make sure I'm uh, uh, covering ground that uh, that you would like me to cover. <laughs> Absolutely appreciate that, Drew. Now, I'm going to remember that acronym. We're going to ask you for it. And we're going to talk more about some of those interviews a little bit later. But first, let's go back, Drew. What was happening around you that you saw as an opportunity to launch a business, Renegade, way back in 96? So this business helps others with their social media and their marketing. What was happening around you when you launched that business? Well, it's funny. When I first launched uh, Renegade, it was part of a big Japanese agency called Dentsu. They wanted to spin off a group to get some Panasonic business, which was one of their largest clients in Japan. And so what I said to Dentsu was, I'm happy to do this, but the world doesn't need another uh, advertising agency. Panasonic had an advertising agency. If we can be the what I call the uh, anti-gray, which the, was their agency, which is a big traditional agency, if we could be this non-traditional agency and sell anything but advertising, uh, then I was in. And they said, we don't care, just go for it. And they were gracious about it. And we got some Panasonic business. And it was all uh, things like website development and experiential marketing programs and things that became social media, um, but weren't yet called social media because you know Facebook wasn't around yet. But so we did a tremendous amount of innovative marketing for, for Panasonic and other clients. And then in 2008, um, I got the opportunity, you could look at it this way, I got the opportunity to buy Renegade back from 
from Dentsu. And that's a story in and of itself because it was really right before the crash of 2008. Um, and uh, the business that we had built uh, the company on, Panasonic, was going to be leaving after many, many years. So I literally started the agency from scratch again in 2008. Uh, and at that moment, I said, well, we're going to do one thing and we're going to do it really well. And that's what, frankly, kept the agency alive and how we survived. As 80% of our business walked out the door uh, and we focused on social media and that was, allowed us to weather the storm of, of that terrible economy. Yeah, so that social media was that one thing, right? It, it was, and it, it, it was still so new at that time um, that you know, we were learning it, our clients were learning it, and um, we made it our focus. And at that, because right before that, we were doing full service. Uh, at that point, we just said, we're just gonna do social and we're just gonna do it well. And, and that proved to be, um, you know, a lot of businesses went, went out of business uh, in that three-year period, and, uh, and we didn't. Good stuff. So, Drew, what were those things that were, quote-unquote, social media before there was social media, and how can some of those strategies still apply in today's landscape? You know, it's a great question. And for years and years, brands have been trying to figure out how to build community. How do you get your customers, your like-minded customers together, whether it was physical or virtual? And so the things that we were doing, we were building private communities. We would help Panasonic build a community among action sports people, for example, uh, skateboarders and BMX bikers. And Panasonic had permission to be in this community because it's really interesting. You don't, you're not, uh, you're not legitimate until you uh, capture, your trick isn't legitimate until you capture it on video or camera, right? So um, we helped them build this community and it was through the process of building that community for them that light bulb went off and said, well, lots of brands need to build community. So that was, but that was pre-social, right? Where you had a private community, pre-Facebook. And so we were doing lots of things like that. We got blogging going very early on for, for our clients. And whatever that new thing was, we were trying to help them find new ways to connect with their customer. And that's important even for small businesses to be thinking about what's next because it says a lot about your business. I mean, there's a reason why General Electric was the first business-to-business -business brand on Instagram and on Pinterest. It's not that they necessarily think they're going to sell jet engines, but the perception is that they're a cutting-edge company. And it's, I think for certain businesses, that's really important. So we've helped a lot of companies stay cutting-edge by just being one step ahead. Important to create that distinction, I think, absolutely. Now, Drew, you've enjoyed some success in many different ways, but I'm sure it wasn't always that way. I want you to tell us, what was the biggest challenge that you faced, in business or otherwise, but what sticks out in your mind as your biggest challenge? And typically, our listeners here are looking for the actionable steps that you took to really embrace and overcome that challenge. Well, as I said in 2008, when I bought the company back from Dentsu, um, not only was 80% of our business walking out the door, um, but I also got hit with um, a, a nonprofit client for whom we were building a social network for them. Um, one of their lead funders uh, got hit by Madoff and was caught, and they lost $10 million. And so we ended up losing 
had $400,000 worth of uh, bills not paid. So now you have this worst economy in the, you know, in since 1929, you have 80% of your walk in the door and you also have 400,000 that you're not going to get paid. Right. That was without that was without question the most depressing uh, period uh, of renegade's existence and as I as I said, I the the secret at that moment was not to try to do everything to focus on a, on a few things, not just the services, but the types of companies that we wanted to work with so that the, the things that we would do for them, we could do for the next client and the next client, and we would get better and better and better at it. Another thing I think we did really well is we got into analytics early, and that's so important because not only we were, were we doing analytics for our customers on social, but we were doing our own. And if you look at where marketing often fails. If you ask a small business, well, what's working for you? They say, I don't know. Well, well, how do you know if it's going to get any better? Well, 10 people came in instead of eight people. Okay, that's a start. (laughs) But, right? But so I I think really it was the focus and then probably uh, the analytics. I have to admit, even though I'm a renegade, it wasn't creativity at that moment that got us through. (laughs) It was it was focus and and bringing a little science to both the work that we were doing for our for our customers and to the work we're doing for ourselves. For sure, you're talking about those analytics. Yeah, and you talked about taking it sort of day by day. But Drew, talk about the importance of surrounding yourself with a strong team and how that sort of got you out of those uh, challenging times as well. Oh yeah, no, that's so true. And and really, you know, as an entrepreneur, you have to understand what you're good at and what you're not. And for example, I'm pretty good at at thinking about the big picture and the ideas and say building uh, high level relationships with clients. But I'm not a detail guy, so I have the most buttoned up human being on the planet uh, who just stayed on the team when we shrunk down to very small. So even though I'm still out there promising, you know, lots and lots of things, I've got someone, a field marshal in the office that can <laughs> deliver right on on the promises. So. You know, you need to understand what you're good at, and and that's terrific. And embrace those things, and then find people who can fill in the gaps, because uh, the last thing you need is another mini me. Yep, absolutely. Now you talked about some of those challenges. Talk about your rewards. Why is it so great to be Drew Neiser? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, I think most of us um, would like to be in our own shoes if given the chance, and. Uh, I've been uh, I've been fortunate. Uh, there's several things that I've done that have made me happy. I uh, one is I have a wonderful family and uh, been very successful. I, I'm, the best choice I ever made was uh, the woman I married, uh, my lovely bride, and who is now also a business partner uh, at, at Renegade. So I've been fortunate there. Um, uh, the other thing uh, I, I think I committed to writing probably seven years ago where I said, I'm going to write at least 500 words, if not a thousand every single week. And that's a big commitment because that's not the day job. Um, but if you can write, you can think. And if you spend the time writing, it's amazing what you learn. Now, Drew, we talked about an acronym you were going to share with us earlier, and I hope you could weave it in with the premise of your book. So I want you to talk about those two things now. Talk about the CMO's periodic table. What's your focus here? Well, so I started interviewing chief marketing officers really uh, around the time that I bought Renegade. And I thought, if we're going to focus on CMOs, we better understand them. And what better way to understand them to 
then to interview them and write about them. And oh, by the way, there's some good uh, goodness that comes from that because you're you're doing a favor for them as well. So I started interviewing these folks and I had already interviewed a hundred of them. I'm having lunch with a friend and I say, hey, you ought to write a book. And he goes, what about you, dude? You've got a hundred interviews. There's got to be a book there. I went, ah, oh, right. Boom. Went home that weekend, started thinking about it, put the pieces together and just sort of laid these interviews out. And it was literally, and I can't nail it exactly, but this periodic table idea came to me just in a flash, a chemical explosion. And it was because I realized that these great marketers were not doing the same, using the same formula, but they were at every job. They would take certain elements for certain situations, mix them together and and have a successful outcome. So the periodic table is this wonderful thing. I took these 64 interviews, I organized them from basic elements all the way through to uh, volatile factors and inert fundamentals. And there's a progression here, but each one of these CMOs brings a special insight to the topic. And after writing the book, several people came to me and said, okay, Drew, sum it up for me. What do you, what do you think the big big things that you really, what does it take to be a, a CMO and, and why should I think like one? And I said, well, I came up with another, an acronym. It's called CATS because I think the successful CMOs are cool cats. And I think this applies to, and I've given this keynote address now to several audiences and it, it applies to just about any business situation, which is first, uh, so the C-A-T-S, courageous, artful, thoughtful, and scientific. So courageous it's a great place to start. Every entrepreneur is courageous because they brave the, you know, they they take a chance by starting it. But the real courage is the commitment to being unique. Uh, that's that's number one, and number two is is focus. Then we get to artful, and I think today, um, if you think about what successful communications is about, it's so much about storytelling. And if you know about storytelling, it's about artfully bringing a story and sharing it, which has, uh, creates an emotional bond between people. Thoughtful is this notion, we're in a give-to-get economy. And if I can uh, tell you a little bit about my dog, Pinky, but he is the master of the give-to-get. He <laughs> will sit on the street and he will stare at you and he will give you the loving stare of the world. And the get that he is, is, is that someone will rub his belly almost every time. But as a <laughs> business person, we can we live in a give-to-get economy. You write an article for free on a CMO, you get a conversation with them as a result. If you do things for people, if you give, um, you will get. And, and that's what Thoughtful is about. And American Express is the masters of this. We call it marketing as service. And then scientific. This is the last one. I've already mentioned that. But all of the first three, no matter how much courage or artfulness or thoughtfulness you have, you will fail if you aren't at least a modest amount, uh, bring a modest amount of science to it. It's so, scientific method is really simple. It's you have a hypothesis, you test it, it either succeeds or it fails, and you move on. You keep testing your way to success. And I tell you, I've applied these things to a number of situations. We're applying it, the scientific part, to uh, social media explore. Every day we're testing headlines and visuals and authors and just keep learning and learning and learning so we get better and better and better at this content marketing thing. I love this. I love how you're integrating some science into what some might consider to be an art. And like Pinky, 
you got to give to get that figurative belly rub as entrepreneurs, right? <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. But you know, what's funny, going back to the artful and pinky. So I'm going to give you another story because it's so, you know, we think about, we're all worried often to be sort of conventional. And the other day we had to get a stroller for our dog because he has a heart condition. So we put him in this stroller. And I will tell you, in New York City, most people never make eye contact. But if you walk a dog in a stroller, everybody will look at you. <laughs> and everybody will be interested and they'll wonder what's going on. Well, part of marketing is figuring out how to get your dog in a stroller, <laughs> trying to figure out what, what is, is a new trend. Right. <laughs> yeah. What is? It's not just a trend, but it, it's getting attention in a in a in an emotional and emotive way, right? Uh, and so, anyway, I, I just it just cracks me up every time uh, we we get on the street. How how much more engaging? How it breaks down the walls between people. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I was listening to your podcast and Peter Shankman, and I loved his comments about how he'll talk to anybody all the time. And I think that's part of this. Uh, this give to get economy is, you know, you give interest in other people and who knows what you'll get. Yep. I think uh, he said it when he gets on a plane, you better be ready to talk for the entire flight. So, <laughs> um, so you, you talked about cats. So again, to break this down, C for courageous, A for artful, T for thoughtful, S for scientific. Now, Expand on that a little bit. What else would you suggest to the aspiring entrepreneur about gaining that initial traction out there in like we're talking about, that noisy, that cluttered social media and marketing landscape? Well, so if we go back to courage for a moment, you know, I, uh, when we look at our, our client's portfolio of content, we look at it and we say, boy, it's like everybody else's. If, if, you're, if, if you don't have the courage to say something distinctive, to be unique and have your own voice, why should anybody pay attention to you? How will you differentiate yourself? And I think it takes tremendous courage to not look like everybody else. Uh, you know, Jay, uh, Joe Paluzzi talks about how he always wears orange when he gives a speech. That takes courage. And I love that about him, that he, he has built his brand in addition to all the fine content with a color. That takes courage. That takes focus. Um, in terms of artfulness, um, I really am encouraging everybody uh, in business today to study storytelling and understand the power of that, um, the ability to, to take something that was matter-of-fact and turn it into something that people are hanging on your every word. is it's, it's a gift, and you can do it in writing, but you can also do it orally, and it's tremendously powerful, and people forget and so they think so much about just the facts. And all I have to do them is tell them that this widget is better than that widget. Oh, it's not about better. It's about unique. Now, I'm going to be jumping around here a little bit towards the end, Drew. So excuse me for the jarring nature of this question. But in your opinion, what will be the dominant social media platform in the next, say, 12 to 18 months and why? Well, it's an easy answer and it's one that saddens me only slightly. I mean, Facebook is the beast. Uh, they are the 8,000-pound gorilla. They're in 70% of, of, I think, U.S. households. Um, most people are checking it uh, that are on it. But the, the sad part for me is that it's become really an advertising platform. The notion that you will actually get organic reach on, on Facebook is, is – 
pretty ridiculous at this point. It's well less than 1%. So it has become an advertising medium. You have to accept it as an advertising medium. I do believe it is incredibly powerful and well worth the investment. Again, wonderful, uh, very cost-effective and easy to test on Facebook. Um, but it's not you know, what we used to think about social networks where you'd have a conversation and engage. I think we're going to see a trend back towards private community building where people build up their database of email lists, where they get people together virtually through tweet chats or whatever. And you're going to see private communities and maybe some software that will support those communities again because um, Facebook is not really a community. <laughs> it's everybody. It's humanity. That's right. Yeah, it is. So I, I think that's and that's tricky. But if I was a small business person in any category, I'd be think I'd be just counting. Who can I count on? Who are my customers? Who are my friends? Who are my influencers? And how do I reach them? And how do I engage with them every day? Uh, and it's not going to be on Facebook because I have to pay for that. I have to pay to get them, and then I have to pay to keep them. So the. And so the answer to your question is is not a simple one. There is no social network right now that operates the way the social network that we all hope to be. I think we're going to be in this, the successful companies are going to build their own private communities. That might be as simple as an email database, but I think it's going to go well beyond that. Yep. Again, so important to attempt at least to stay a step ahead, right? Now, Drew, you mentioned influencers just in the last thing you were talking about, but who are the influencers that you follow online or otherwise for your own inspiration and motivation? Oh, gosh. Well, you've, you've talked to uh, Peter. I think uh, Peter Shankman is great. Um, I think Joe Paluzzi on content marketing um, has just put together two of the best books uh, in that area. From a marketing standpoint, uh, I super admire Beth Comstock of GE. She's uh, one of the folks that I interviewed in my book. Um, another person that I really admire is Daniel Lebetsky. He wrote a terrific book. He's the founder of Kind, of Kind Snacks, and the book is called Do the Kind Thing. Uh, it's just a, it's rich with stories. And then I, I guess the last one I would add is I just finished um, reading uh, Richard Branson's the, the Virgin Way, and of course being a He's the master of guerrilla marketing, so I've uh, tracked his career uh, for a long, long time, and it was just fun to hear some of the stories behind the stories. Interesting stuff. Yeah, thanks for those resources, man. appreciate it. Now, again, jumping around a little bit, but uh, Drew, do you love to win or hate to lose, and why? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've... I've I've lost so uh, often um, that if, if that if I hated it, I, I suppose I would be a bitter person. I do love to win. I'm a very competitive person athletically. I, I play tennis and paddle and uh, a winter sport uh, here and, uh, and and golf. And and you know, no one's going to win in golf every time. So you better learn to uh, to lie, to deal with losing. <laughs> <laughs> now, give our listeners something actionable. What are you doing to wind down after a long or stressful day, besides unwinding on the golf course, I guess? Yeah, and I, and I haven't yet figured out whether golf, in fact, is an unwinding exercise. <laughs> uh, so, I, you know, I mentioned earlier in that I, I ride uh, uh, the city bike, uh, gosh, almost every day, and uh, to and from the office, assuming a bike is available. I found that's really helpful um, to me. The other thing I do is I listen to books uh, or uh and, and I often listen to nonfiction, non, uh, to fiction and just to escape.
escape. And I think that's really helpful to uh, let your mind go free and, and get yourself into uh, other worlds and other people's problems. I'm thinking more about uh, riding on my bike around the streets of New York City. It's got to be kind of a cathartic release, wouldn't you say? Or Oh, it is. It is. It's very satisfying. And here's the funny thing. It is not for the faint of heart in the sense that if you try to play it safe, you will never get to your destination. (laughs) Okay. Now, Drew, let's boil this thing down for our listeners. What is the one thing you want to share with them about the importance of having a strong social media marketing strategy in building their business and building their brand? I think the most important thing is if you're going to do it, you have to do it every day and you have to be consistent. I think what happens is a lot of folks start and they expect immediate results and when they don't see it, they stop. And if you think of, again, in this give-to-get economy, you're constantly making deposits in the Goodwill Bank, whether it's content or social, and those are so interchangeable today. But so if you're developing content and it's unique, it's consistently delivering unique content. Uh, so I, I think that the thing is when you start on it, be prepared to keep going. And, and that's where I see the most failure is, well, I did it for a week and it didn't work, so I stopped. <laughs> just just that, that doesn't get you anywhere. Absolutely, this stuff does take time. Now, we're done here, Drew, but I have one more question. If people want to learn more about Social Media Explorer, they want to find a copy of your book, The CMO's Periodic Table, they want to learn more about you and your business, how can they connect with you? Well, let's uh, let's start in, in that order. Socialmediaexplorer.com. Uh, we're publishing every day uh, and lots more coming down the pike. There is renegade.com for Renegade and, and, and our clients and our case histories. And on my blog, The Drew Blog, uh, you can find all of the interviews. I think it's more than 150 uh, that I have done with senior marketers over the last uh, uh, five years or so. Drew, this has been great. You've given us awesome, actionable content that we can put into play in our businesses today. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me on Bidzy Small Business Society. You take care. You too. Thanks so much. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers list goods or services they need and businesses bid on them. Customers, if you're looking for a service provider or a local professional, go to Bidzy.com and post your projects for free. Businesses, if you're looking for new customers or a way to expand your customer base, sign up for your 30-day free trial today at Bidzy.com. Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. Go to Bidzy.com for information and resources on how you can grow your business. Support Bidzy Small Business Society by writing a review and giving us a five-star rating in iTunes. Your positive review and five-star rating will allow us to continue bringing you free, valuable content from amazing and inspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners. Rate and review Bidzy Small Business Society today. 